Previously on AFTN. I would rather have a 2-0 lead than be getting beat 4-0. But is it the most dangerous lead? I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about this off the Wait, you would rather have a 2-0 lead than being down 4-0? Yeah. It's kind of obvious. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This is not a lead. You're talking... This this section is off to a great start. Everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting on 101.9 FM, CITR Radio, from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And if you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 336. The guys didn't have a chance to do a a preview podcast last week. Something cropped up. Unforeseen circumstances. There's a few unforeseen circumstances in the Whitecaps Chicago Fire game on the Friday night as well. We'll be talking about that in tonight's show, obviously. We'll be just looking at the the general Whitecaps malaise, MLS West... Some Game of Thrones references since it kicked out tonight. We've got an old section returning. We're going to find out if Johnny Reese, in only his second ever English interview, understood what I meant when I asked him if he wanted a chocolate digestive. And lots more besides. Football Violence Awareness Month coming up as well, so you you don't want to miss that. But we are starting on Friday evening. Something that made me want to commit some violence. Watching that game, Whitecaps, Chicago Fire, another game to test both our patience and our sanity, I I think. Now, it depends on your outlook on life, how how you want to approach this. We we can either look at the glass half full, we can go with the glass half empty. Or my approach, getting that glass, smashing it on a table and then slashing somebody Not saying pro-referees, not encouraging that, or condoning it, not condemning it either, and taking that broken glass, holding someone against the wall, and just going, why? Why? Tell me why? 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 It was a frustrating Friday Just a tad. Just a tad. But what was more frustrating for you, Michael? The the football or or the VAR? 
first half was dreadful. Masked a little bit in the second half by taking the lead. And then VAR just overshadowed everything. Which, in a lot of ways, is bad because it's papering over a lot of the cracks. That's what folk are focusing on. That was the big talking point after the match. Not how dreadful it was overall. Because we're six games in. We've still got no wins. But the glass half full approach, we took our first point on the the road. And I don't think we even really deserved that point. It, it wasn't a game we deserved to win. So we were up. If VAR hadn't happened and we got three points, we didn't deserve to win that. Obviously, who cares? You take the win, a win is a win. With your glass on the table, it would have been a smash and grab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most certainly would have been a smash and grab. Then you've got the VAR, which feels like a punch in the gut. And you feel like someone has just taken two points away from you. Whether it's the correct decision and it's Daniil flailing arms Henry or whether it's the wrong decision and it's the referees again. All things considered though, should we be happy that we even got a point out of this match the way that things played out? I think I think Vancouver should feel fortunate fortunate to yeah. get, a, get a point out of what was not a great performance uh, even though it was an away match and the approach was as you would say Michael win at all costs who cares what it looks like yeah which is that's fair that's in a fair approach but it was just it was a dreadful game of football I don't think the performance was really worthy of a point and so they're probably fortunate to get one I, I it just seems unbelievable that they, he can't get people to start the game off right it, yeah the LA, game, every the LA game. game exception because actually that one that was started well, right uh, yeah actually yeah except for the chip um do you think that's on him, though, Steve? It's not on him. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, like, no, I'm just wondering why he can't get the... I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm, I'm actually planning to blame the players because yeah. I'm assuming he's doing everything he can well, yeah. to get And if I was there. a player that wasn't performing, I would be terrified of Mark DeSantos. Yeah. He's going to take no prisoners. And he's going to call you out as well. And the players are going to have to start to realize that. We've talked about former players of his. Of his I've said he's a hard taskmaster and he expects and demands a lot. And rightly so. You're not there to be their friend. Yeah. But yeah, there's. What, what? Why do they start off that way? Why can't we get our forwards to play well unless they come off the bench? Yeah, that's true. The, uh, and even the wingers. Yeah, well, well, forwards and yeah. wingers. Just this is the first game where both Lass and Venuto came off the bench, right? Yes. And I've seen some people saying they'd like to see both of those guys on the wing to start a game. And it's like. We have. <laughs> it hasn't worked yet. I, I just. Don't think that's the way to go forward because we don't know what we're going to get from them. If they, if they both start the game and they're both off, that's just... Well, I, I think he didn't start them up because it was away, an away match. Yeah. It seems like like uh, they always have like a, a good spell of 20 minutes at the start of the game, but then afterwards just tail off. But this one, I don't think, was even there at the beginning. No. Uh, I, I, I was it, quite bored during uh, that first half. My match report I, basically consisted at that point at half time of the one shot that Max tipped over the bar. Yeah, that was it. I was uh, traveling to a retreat in uh, in near Hope, and so I didn't get to see all of the first half live. I got to see the end of it on my phone, and then the second half I just I watched on the Wi Fi at the local McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's in Man, it was yeah. It, it, the first half wasn't great. The second half was nothing to write home about. I mean, there was the there was moments that were yeah. interesting, yes. but it was not the football was not good. Well, it was still not good. We'll do opinion. our usual good, bad, and ugly, but we'll start things off with the goals. Yeah. And yeah, after 
a dreadful first half. If if someone had said to me, yeah, Whitecaps are going to come out and take the lead in this one. I mean, obviously anything can happen in football, but it seemed a, a stretch that that was going to happen because we had no creativity going. It, it just felt a long way off. But, thankfully, David Oustead, still a white cap at heart, <laughs> God bless him, decided, you know, my former team are struggling. I'm going to give them a helping hand, <laughs> literally, by throwing the ball towards Jordi Reyna. Now, what was he even doing on that play? Why did he chase that ball down when you've got a defender there? Yeah, I feel, I feel terrible for David because I, I do really... I partly do. I really appreciate David. Um, Especially after the gaff. Yeah, no, I appreciate no. him more now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, that is a good fair yeah, I've, I, I've always liked David. He's a, he's a quality guy and a good footballer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's a fair question saying, why did he feel the need, the need to chase that ball down? Or, or even if he knows he's getting towards the edge of the box you've got a defender there you just you, you give Call the strike yeah. okay you take this I can't go for it or you hook for it out or oh, you, you punch it out or you cook, hit it out or something no, no, the what uh, I'll, uh, I'll actually because uh, I, I couldn't figure it out either but, goalkeeper uh, Steve tell us no no not goalkeeper Steve uh, <laughs> Paul Dolan um, uh, mentioned that he thinks that David Elston was kind of he didn't say it this way but I'm paraphrasing he was so bored uh, during that but he wanted to get <laughs> he wanted to get involved in the match a little bit and then when he realized he was by the uh, uh, the line, he just actually let it go because he knew he would, he would get a red card if he handled it yeah. outside no, the box. That's the thing. No, he didn't let it go, but he shifted his body so he could get it in the box. And when yeah. he went when down he, on it, it slipped he, out of his, yeah. But then he... Slipped out, yeah. yeah. Did, did it slip out? It or did. did. A little no, bit. It, it a little slipped bit. out first, and then when he thought the, the closer cap was going to get it, he then not, he, then he it. hit it away oh, and went okay. right to right to Jordy. So yeah, yeah th- that's essential. And uh, by the way, shout out to Paul Dolan. His birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday! Um, uh, but he I, that makes sense in a way because goalkeepers are kind of a weird thing. If they get kind yeah. of uh, bored or they want to get involved, and they might do the stupid thing like that. So that could be the reason why David did it. Maybe yeah. I I can't see it being for boredom, but it makes it good for a good story. Yeah. yeah. No matter what you want to say about the play. The way that Jordy finished it was quality. It was a cool, composed finish. We've seen players all over the world in opportunities like that. Zlatan in the week before. Yeah, blasting over when you've got the goal gaping. He kept his head, considering the fact that he's not had a great start to the season. That's even better. Great finish. But we know what he's capable of, and it's that inconsistency that makes him even more frustrating. I can only hope that this kickstarts or lights a spark or a fire or something in him. But realistically, the way he's been playing, do you think it's going to? Uh, I don't know. Like, if the game, if, if it was a different kind of game, if uh, I don't think they take a lot of. Well, you hope. That, I think they'll hope to take momentum from that game. But I don't. Know, if you really look back at it, it's hard to to see why. Uh, aside from the, I guess he, the he got he got pulled off quite soon after the scoring as well uh, in the second yeah. half. Yeah, um, but no, yeah, it, great, c- it could award. be. I mean, uh, the Colombian got a penalty. It hasn't you know worked out for him, or it hasn't kickstarted oh, yes, him, right? That's true. Yeah, and then uh, after that, Ardiaz, another guy who uh, plays better when he comes off the bench. It yeah, seems like he cracked one off off the bar. Could have wow. given it to him That was that was a quality chance. That should have that, been. A goal. That was all him. Now yeah. he said that was the best chance of the game. He said three really Vancouver. good chances. 
this year. Yeah. And all of them have basically been created by his own hustle. Yes, exactly. And but, he almost gave the Whitecaps that dangerous two-goal lead. Yes. And as we know, <laughs> that would definitely have led to a draw. Because it's the most dangerous lead that there is. But, for the Whitecaps, when you've got VAR, 1-0 is a dangerous lead. <laughs> And that miss ended up proving crucial because a few minutes later, wham, bang, pow, another penalty was called. The fourth call to go against us in six matches. The fifth penalty in a Whitecaps match in six games, which is unbelievable. And it was another video review that went against the Whitecaps. And I'm sure you can guess what that made me. Now, if we had recorded this on Friday night, this would just be an expletive-laden segment. But I'm, I'm a bit calm. Oh. I, I've enjoyed Game of Thrones. I've had a nice weekend watching <laughs> Provincial Cup action. I haven't seen this mythical replay that apparently was shown in the US that shows it was a clear handball. Lots of people have talked about this. Have you seen... This replay. I don't that, think Canadians are allowed to see it. Ah. <laughs> it's kind of, is that because of Trump? Has he banned us from seeing no, it? No, it's MLS. Like, NAFTA it's like MLS player rules. Like, if oh, you're Canadian, you okay. can't just go play for any team anywhere. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, so we're not allowed domestic TV footage. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. okay. Right. Let's just get straight to it then. For you, from everything that you've seen, yeah or nay? I think for me, in the in when it happened in the game, and I think I think someone in Chicago raised a hand, if I remember, when it happened, like, hey, like, uh, put a shout in for for the call or whatever. I thought, oh, this is gonna get, this is gonna, <laughs> this is gonna come back, this is gonna come. Back. And then, uh, but then the play went on, mm. and I thought, oh, maybe not, because I think was wasn't it there a throw in and they took it? Yeah, they took a throw in as well, which, which is not supposed to. VAR's only supposed to go up till like the next stoppage or something. Yeah, so they kind of broke the rules a bit. Well, they're saying the referee indicated not to take the throw in, so he'd already indicated oh. he was going to review it. So that oh, okay. the fact that they took it, was, it didn't uh, matter. Oh, okay, that's that's good to know. Um, but from a conspiracy theory point of view, yeah, it's like yeah, so. I, I wasn't surprised. Do I think it was a penalty? Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think under the letter of the law, I think so. I think it's. Fa- I think it's fair to be given. However, I think it's incredibly harsh. I think Steve, a number of weeks ago, you brought up how IFAB is trying to change the rule for yeah, handball. Yeah, hand make it more clear. Make it more clear. That definitely needs to be done. Yeah. My my, uh, my biggest concern, or I think, or I think one of the biggest valid concerns out of this whole discussion is, is, uh, is the. Maybe the clear and obvious part. And that's what I'm having an issue with. Now, um, from what I saw on the replay, and this is, um, I saw the replay on YouTube, uh, that the, and I think that might have been the one that Chicago, they showed. But you could see when when the kick is like flicked me backwards towards Daniel Henry, his arm like flaps oh. almost like yes. that, right? Well, you could see that from so, one of the front So ones. if it hit his shoulder or chest, his arm wouldn't have gone like that. Now, personally, that's, uh, circumstantial. That's not a clear showing that it. you're taking physics into it at that point. I don't know if you can do that when you're doing a review. Uh, it has to. You have to actually see the ball hit the arm. Now, we'll see, obviously, when they do that uh, MLS instant replay or whatever they do on Mondays and see if they actually ha- show the, the replay that, that we never got to see. Uh, 
So we'll, I guess we'll see. But from what I, the big issue I have is, even if he was coming in there the way he, Daniel Henry coming in there, I didn't need to see him make his impersonation of Leonardo DiCaprio on the Titanic, where he had his arms well out. I'm the king of the world. Oh, see, I I more think of him as one of those wind flailing arms. Yeah, that you see well, in he's car like that. that. So but this one, this one was straight out like this, basically, mm. like arms on each side. Oh, it's coming up for Easter. Yeah, it could be. He's just paying homage he's to the big man, celebrating Jesus. Yeah. No, but yeah. he said he said it was his shoulder. He right? s- he said that it was his shoulder. I I trust him. He's Canadian. He wouldn't lie. He's a good Canadian boy. I I st- nothing that I've seen shows clear and obvious hitting the arm. No. But folks said those that saw it in the US, the angle that they showed showed it hit the arm. So if we see this, I'll apologise. Pro got it right. But from what we've seen. I also think it's hard to get your arm out of the way when it's at point-blank range like that. But Henry doesn't help himself by having his arms yeah. up Just, and That's fair. To begin and with. that's where this whole clarification will be really helpful. Because uh, I, I, I can't remember the, the details of it, but they really need there really needs to be more specifics, especially regarding in the box. Whatever changes happen, though, for MLS are going to start next year. No, I know. Because yeah, oh, the, yeah. the decision was made in the middle of the year, so it's yeah. not going to happen this year. The Whitecaps are also going to get all these makeup calls in the last game of the season. When 20 penalties we're going to get. Oh, they got one against LA and it didn't work, though. <laughs> that yeah. was a makeup. Yeah, that yeah. Felt, kind of. The, the other thing was... Screwed again by a penalty. Did, did, again, we didn't see in, on the Canadian broadcast, did... Did the referee even look at it, or did he just get told? Yeah, I didn't see him go and look at it. Because th- there's two things that VAR can review. Clear and obvious error, yeah. or a serious missed event. So folk are saying, well, it's the latter. He's had in his ear, oh, you've seriously missed a penalty here. So, oh, okay, thanks, bud. Okay, penalty. I didn't see him go and look at it either. But there was, we might not have seen it. But they were watching the touchline or whatever, right? With the, the yeah. upcoming but, I mean, substitution to, to be for fair, Katai? We, we've had, we had the Wizards broadcasting. The magical Harry Potter wizards, Luke Wildman, Stephen Caldwell. Yeah. Three games Teleport- they managed to do. Teleportation. Teleporting between <laughs> going to Chicago and then Montreal. going to Montreal and going then to Seattle. Seattle today. They're air miles. That private jet that no, TSN's just, got is amazing. No, they're just in a studio in Toronto. Don't break Spoiled the Spoiled the magic. Oh, now should we tell me the Easter Bunny's not real? <laughs> Sir, you mean to let you see behind the curtain there? And welcome to Oz. Don't like, don't like that. That's terrible. But here's another question. Then, if that was a penalty, and we had a little, oh, we had a little yes, text. I text you right away. About this, this I, was, I hadn't seen it when oh. you texted me because I, I, I game. This, this is this. If you're enraged by Friday, like this, this takes it to another level. Partly, and uh, Portland didn't get a penalty, so oh. that kind of that negated my anger because it kept us still ahead of Portland. But yeah, the Dallas Portland game, I was. That not a penalty, yes. but the Whitecaps one was a penalty. Yeah, and again, again, it was so it was two one Dallas, and near the end of the game, a Portland shot hits. I, I figured it was Hedges or who it was, but hit clearly. Oh, sorry, clearly from one angle hits his arm. The commentators were so bad on the second angle. They show like they didn't say anything about the first angle. They see the second angle, and they're like, "Oh, that looks like it hits his chest on that angle." And then they show the one where it clearly it hits his hand, and they're like. But it looks like it hits his hand on that one, and then they showed the other one again. They're like, but on that one, it's, I think it's chest. Yeah, it was just like, oh come on. Henry's arms definitely go back, and I think it is again. This is me giving him the benefit of the doubt that he knows the ball's coming, so he's throwing his arms back because he doesn't want it to hit. 
And to be clear, the Dallas, the one for Portland was not given, and it was more clear, in my yeah. opinion, than the, and it was mysteriously left out of the highlights thing on the oh, MLS not website. Mysterious. As well. There's no mystery behind that. Um, you, okay, you saw it. The, 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 does that look more clear to you? The Dallas. It looked, one? It looked the, the same, pretty much. This same, is okay. this is why, and again, I'll harp on it again. They need a central location where they have yep, somebody totally. supervising all the calls, and they they can if they they need a second person to look at and do it we, and take it out of the referee on the field's hands. Just take I, it out of their hands. I think completely. we joked about this last year or at the end of last year or whatever, or at the beginning of this year. But like MLS is not done well enough at uh, improving the officiating, and so uh, having a having a VAR official having a, having a pro official do VAR at every stadium when you don't have highly competent referees to begin with feel just felt like a disaster waiting to happen and now i think this year you're seeing it happen and so yeah i think you do need this is where you want this is where get a get howard webb back or whatever and have that person doing the var in in a central like you said steve in new york or whatever we need to get him on the show and i'll explain to him that i'm an angry bastard he wants to kick the Charles round the balls. He wants to kick Kevin Keegan round his hall. He wants to scream and shout and catch his face. He wants to drink and forget the human race. Got a nice little tweet in from Whitecap Scarf who said, just change the name of the show to I'm an Angry Bastard with the way that things are going right now. Also, Arna Salveson tweeted us to say, the rules of VAR aside, I still think it was too close to Henry to be called, regardless of the position of his arms. But as Manuel Veth said, because Manuel, did, he was tweeting lots of good stuff out on Friday night. It's an issue that, as we talked about, just masked the overall performance. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into some of the good, the bad and the ugly in this part moving into the next. That is a good show because I think the, the Dallas Portland was similar. It was so close. Yeah. There's not well, a lot you, the, can, the, you the, can do. The Henry one was even closer, yeah. I think. Let's try try and get some of the anger out of us by focusing on the on the good, or what good there was. And one of them, you've got to say, is Max Cripo's performance, but his growth as a goalkeeper that we've seen oh, since the first game against yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, since really quickly. He's like, it's been uh, meteoric. Meteoric, the way he's grown into yeah. a solid goalkeeper, and I think personally that I don't see we I don't unless he has a complete like awful game like Howler or whatever you want to call it, unless he has that I don't see I don't think we see Zach McMath in the starting spot yeah at, at all. Uh, I was sitting talking with someone about uh, about things the was the last night I think it was even last night talking about the the Vancouver MLS keepers and kind of the six main starters that there have been. And I kind of just said, I if I had to choose one of the six, uh, this is my Canadian bias coming through. I said I'd probably choose Maxime Crepeau as the one I'd want. I one I'd want the most to mm-hmm. be there and to. I, I would go to, to, to grow. Well, I think Ousted is as yeah. has a better resume and all that kind of. Stuff. Don't get me wrong, mm. but in terms of who you want there and and who you want and who you think has the, I think the potential to grow. I think. Maxime I thought just when you said Canadian bias, you were going to say Joe Cannon. <laughs> part Canadian. Oh, no. I lo- hey, I love Joe. I know. I'm just saying yeah. it's part Canadian. Love Jay, Brad Knighton. Mm. Who am I missing? Who are missing? Oh, Mernovich. Brian Rowe? Uh, I didn't, well, we, we'll come at him. Yeah. yeah. We'll be facing him soon enough. 
but yeah, Max had some big saves against Chicago. The one in the first half from Kadai. Oh, the second. That was a great one. one. Tip over, but yeah, the best. The Sapong, Sapong in the last two minutes that at least salvaged a point for us because the way that things had gone, if you expected them to just go on and yeah. get that winner, that should have been a goal. Yeah, I I agree. I don't see McMath getting back in, and when Max started the season. I was surprised that he got the start because I thought McMath was maybe going to yeah, get it. Yeah. And then the first game, I was like, oh, I don't know if Max is really the starter, but he's he's just grown into this so much. Something else I liked about him from what he brought to the game on Friday night was he had headed clearances. He came out and headed a few times. Now that can be risky. Yeah. But if you've got a team that's doing a high press, not that we saw tons of it, but if, it, if your team's not anywhere near you, Having a goalkeeper that's capable of doing that, and the and the first one in the first half, he, uh, well, yeah, was it the first half? Yeah, uh, he, that was a pretty spot on head on. Yeah, it was quite because a, it was right far accurate, as well. Yeah, yeah. Another good aspect, I liked what Scott Sutter brought to right back. And I tweeted that out, and there was a few people said no, they thought he gave the ball away too much. They didn't like what he did. They didn't think he got forward enough. But I think that was the game plan. He wasn't to go forward. The not getting forward enough, I think, was fair. But again, I would agree with you. Like we've said about other players in the past, why aren't they doing more of this and that? I think it has to do with the approach to the match. He he had a 72% passing accuracy, yeah. which you might think, well, that's not great. It was better, and we're going to come to that in the next part. It was better than most of the rest of the team and the actual average for the team as well. But... He also he was him and Cripple got the highest rating from who scored at seven point one. He had three aerial clearances, and I just like the experience that he brings there. Jake's a good player. Jake brings a lot going forward, but defensively this year he hasn't been great. And I'd like to see Sutter get a little bit of a run. Yeah, but I think we're going to see for the time being because the congestion right now that we're going to see. Yeah, I think uh, at home and Sutter on the road. That's my guess. Right I, now. I wouldn't be too averse to that either, just because of the experience that he's bringing to that back line as well. So that was our good takes from the game. Should we just stop there? Yeah, I think we should. And we'll go to part two, and then we'll take it all back down again. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Zillows there are Artists of the Month for April, Scottish punk and new wave band from the late 70s, still going today. That was Flying Saucer Attack. And when we get to our MLS roundup, I'm going to talk about uh, a match that I wish a Flying Saucer had come down and just attacked everyone on the pitch. But we'll come to that. I'm sure you can guess which game it was. But you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. So we're back to talk... The bad and the ugly, unfortunately. I thought we were just not going to do need a whole part for this. So I thought, move this into part two. The bad from Friday's game. 
It's, it's not so much Whitecaps related, but it was a really shit crowd again in Chicago. 10,400 and something, I think it was, in the end. They need to get this move downtown that they're looking for ASAP. I think, I think it's either Soldier Field, which is where the yeah. football yeah. team plays. But or they're tied gonna... into at least until 2036 or but, something. But uh, one of the, uh, the uh, guys on the radio said that they're willing to buy out on it just to, so they can get out of there. So the, the, I guess it's going to happen, probably. Yeah. That said, it was a horrible night. It was super windy on the pitch, apparently. And you've got to be honest and say that the Whitecaps aren't exactly a real draw for opposition fans right now. But it makes you wonder as well, how much longer, if we play like this, are we going to be a draw for home fans? Because we've got our season ticket base, but the casuals that are coming to games, we don't get wins on the board soon or play entertaining games, at least. Which, you know my thoughts on that, a win is a win. Our crowds... That could prove to be a hard sell if we fall off the pace of the playoffs and it looks like the season's a write-off. Especially in the summer. Yeah, the summer, you've got the lines, you've got the nice weather, you've got all the other things. Whitecats front office must be shitting bricks just now as to what this could could lead to for them. But that's like half the story. What they'll they'll focus on or the way they'll try and be encouraged is their average so far is like what twenty four thousand because each yeah. of the, each of the games have been big matches yeah. and they've opened up more than their their chosen yeah, and capacity. Fair credit, it's like the fans are coming just now. They, they've supported the team. Mm-hmm. The, the test will be Wednesday. This Wednesday. I think this Wednesday because yeah, you're while, a top team, but it's a midweek game. Uh, a top team, but no superstar. No, uh, no, no superstar. Superstars that we no, feel. No yeah. superstar that the casual recognize, yes. right? No, there's uh, no Zlatan. There's no, no Rooney. Epic idol there's no Schweinsteiger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Epic idol is that epic what you idol. There's no Scottish player like Johnny Russell. Oh, we'll get to him. We'll get later. to him later as well. On the pitch, the White Cops caps were outshot twenty-three to nine. Now, the, wh- it's not, the White Cops. The White Cops oh. were outshot and. That doesn't happen. It's usually white cops out shooting other folk, especially <laughs> in Chicago. But the white caps outshot twenty three to nine. I expect that for a road game, really. Um, we were kind of lucky because Chicago only got six of those on target. How about this one? Uh, clearances. I think uh, white caps had thirty six, and the Chicago had four. Yes, that was yes. massive difference there. The, the heat map is a whole other thing as well, which will come to in some of these later bits. You could say that this was a Robo Ball style performance, if you want to use that phrase. And yeah, I don't care about that, especially on the road. You want to do what you need to do to get a win. But what was more irritating was it wasn't even a well executed Robo Ball type performance. The heat map, as I was just talking about there, it looked like we forgot there was a final third. Everything is played in the other two thirds of the pitch. And Chicago appeared camped just past our halfway line. It's just a big, fiery mass of fire players, funnily enough. But their box ties in with David Eister being bored and just wanting something to do. We just did not penetrate that. It was just absolutely dreadful. And we we only lost possession 16 times compared to Chicago's 28, but that's basically because we didn't have it very much to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much to... You covered it all. Yeah. Now, I'm classing that as the bad side. That's not even the ugly side of things. Let's move into the ugly side now. Yeah, the penalty decision had everyone talking. And as we've touched on, 
the performance was masked by that and it was an ugly performance. I would say you could maybe argue that defensively they did fairly well because they didn't give any goals in, but I don't feel overall... I think this is the first match where we haven't seen any real improvement across the team from the week before. Mm. We gave two goals up against LA, but that was to Zlatan. We gave a controversial goal up to Chicago, but they didn't really threaten too, too much apart from that. You had Kadai's shot, Sapong's, but the, we managed to hold him at bay. He was a good, for, a good especially penalty. for the amount of, uh, of it, you know, how much it was tilted one way. You're right. There wasn't that many opportunities. It was similar to the uh, Seattle game at home in a way mm. because Seattle kind of carried the game, but they never really got opportunities. They never really tested. Yeah. Kripo, so except for this match with the football was dread, like, yeah, it was dreadful. Yeah. Uh, it was dreadful. Yeah. Uh, Chicago was never going to win a world cup playing like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nikolic's uh, finish on the PK was clinical. And we did <laughs> shut Nikolic down. It was a good penalty. I know, but you just had to yeah. mention that. But we shut him down. And that's a plus at least. But yeah, overall it was terrible. We seem to have forgotten or have no idea how to create anything. And I think a lot of it was due to our pass accuracy. And I, I mentioned that Sutter has a 72% pass accuracy, which you think, oh, that's not that good. <laughs> our team average was 69%. And that's the average and Sutter was one of the better ones. Chicago, 82% pass accuracy. But our pass accuracy in the attacking half and the final third was 58%. And our accuracy in crosses, which for a team that you, you think that might be our best chance just now, 17%. But the the one thing about the 58%, you have to admit that it's a small sample size. True. Because they didn't have that yeah. many passes to make. Three shots, yeah. two, two went around. Forget about, the Michael, uh, forget about the numbers, Michael. Just tell us how you feel. <laughs> Can we cue the music up again? No. Um, <laughs> I've seen them practice crossing and training. They do know how to do it. Yeah, a lot of the time it doesn't get on the man that they're looking for, but at least it lands on a white cap player in training. That's a plus. Aren't they all white cap players in training? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Hmm. Oh, man. I, I don't know how you turn this around. Mark DeSantos is going to pull his hair out. He's going to end up looking like his brother. Yeah. He will. Yes. Or you. Or Jonathan. Which Jonathan? Jonathan DeSantos. That was a oh, call back to oh, last week. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, yeah. It, it, uh, you you can imagine their frustration. I think if you asked them, they would just say, "Me no no." No, they would just say, "Yeah, th- this task is difficult, and in some ways, maybe more difficult than they thought." Because I don't, I definitely don't think, even with all the massive changes or whatever, I don't think any of the coaches, coaches on the staff, yeah. would say they thought this is where they'd be after six games. Yeah, uh, and not even, not even. Uh, I don't think even pessimistically they would have thought they could be this bad. Well, I had us at two points after five, so we're even worse off than I thought, and I was pretty pessimistic. Yeah, We've got yeah. two now, though. So, no, I think you, what, this coaching staff, like previous coaching staff, is I think is just going to put their heads down and continue to work hard yeah. and continue to demand the, the best from the, the players they have and try and try and move forward. Well, talking to coaches, let's hear their thoughts now. We're going to hear first from Chicago's 
Velko Ponovic, who I really like as a coach. Whenever he's been here, I've really enjoyed talking to him. He's, he's a good guy to speak to. And then we'll hear from MDS. I fell in love again. All things go, all things go. Drove to Chicago. All things know, all things know. I also think that we had a, a very good game. I think we. Uh, dominated absolutely, especially in the first half, especially with the control of the result. I think we read very well uh, how the opponent uh, is going to play and what they were doing. We created opportunities, we just uh, didn't be uh, sharp uh, with that. Uh, definitely, we're not happy with the result today, but um, the team also is... Uh, is currently improving in the form, is doing uh, very well. We fought back after the, we considered the goal, unfortunate goal uh, that happens in this game and we have to be ready for that. And I think we had a good reaction. I think we came back, we tied, we also created opportunities. Uh, the, game, the game ends in the box of our opponent until the last second I think we pushed. Um, so that will be the recap of, my, of, uh, of the game and the performance of, of uh, my players, and I think that I'm really proud because I saw the team that fights, the, the team that plays the way we plan and we, we, we prepare, and the team that is cap uh, capable of reacting, never giving up. And uh, with all that, I'm very, very confident. I truly believe in my group. I believe in all these guys, and I'm sure that uh, very soon we're going to come back on a winning streak, which is something that we are looking for. Our current form is still not where we want to be, uh, but definitely I think we're going to get there. I think we'd, if we just keep playing this way, being smart and obviously uh, minimizing or eradicating the mistakes, uh, defensive mistakes, we can, we can be successful. And uh, right now we, we're not happy where we are, but uh, we're confident. Uh, Pano, when you look at the offense, what's missing in that final third to get the goals? I think... We cannot say that uh, it's just the game like today. You you missed your opportunities. That's uh, we have a lot of pieces in attack. The guys are creating a lot of uh, opportunities, a lot of shots on goal, finishing actions. It's just the uh, precision. We lack of precision, and the final pass maybe to be a little bit more cooked, prepared. And I think um, that's something that we we may miss now. But definitely today was. Um, I think the mindset of the guys was very, very sharp, and uh, we just missed a little bit more of completing the the, the full sequence of the of the passes that we had with the with the ultimate final pass, which I think we 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 that's where we missed maybe. There's two feelings. Uh, one, we played a, a very good team. Um, they created a lot of problems. Uh, we we had to defend very well, and that sometimes brought us to defend very low on the field, not something that we we really wanted to do, but the circumstances of the game, and sometimes it's also credit to the opponent that they pushed us back, and the quality of Katai, Nikolic, um, Gaetan, Mihailovic, also when he came on um, the first half a little bit, we gave a little bit too much time to, to Schweinsteiger. It seems like even if he's playing as a center back, he's able to step in, step in pockets and dictate a little bit of the game. Uh, of course, then you we get we get the first goal. We're up, um, and then it's a little bit of 
luck factor, I would say. You know, we have a great chance with Ardaiz that takes a great shot. Uh, it's the crossbar, could have been 2-0, doesn't go in. They stay in the game, and uh, and then there's this this call that that I I don't know. I, the angle doesn't look like it's a penalty shot, but I I don't know if the referee saw other angles. Did the ref say anything to you about that? Call? He promised. I, he promised. I go look. I'm I'm gonna be upset if it's not a penalty shot because it's a lot in six games. We in six games we've been. With VAR, like every day, it's incredible. I have to, to, to start putting it in training. I have to, to bring, a, a bring it part of training. I don't know. Uh, but uh, he told me, he promised me it's a, it's a penalty shot. I'm going to look at all the angles and, and, and have my opinion. The gaffer's there. And when it comes to Pornovich's comments, if you just saw them written down and they weren't attributed to which coach said it after the game, you would really think that that could be Martin Santos talking about the Whitecaps, talking about the lack of finishing, not getting points at home, needing to be better, better quality. Very similar teams, Chicago and Whitecaps. Minus us having World Cup winners and... like. Strikers that can score and world class goalkeepers. Consistency from last year. Yeah. But yeah, very, very strange comments. Mark's comments there, he was promised. He's been promised that it was a handball. Debate is still raging tonight on Twitter. I was just reading that as we were playing that there. And folk are like, it wasn't clear and obvious. It hit one thing and did it hit another? Folk are quoting laws of the game. We're just going to move on from it, otherwise yeah. the whole show is going to be about that. But I'm looking forward to training this week because I want to see VAR in action there. I, every time I see something, I'm just going to stand at the sideline and do a little rectangle. See what laughs I get. Or dirty looks, I'm not sure what. Things, though, are simply not working. And as Mark said there, he didn't foresee... Well, he actually didn't say there, he said earlier in the week. He didn't foresee a lot of rotation in the spell of three games in nine days. There will be some, but you yeah. didn't see mass rotation. I think the centre-back kind of see the same, probably. like You'll see different, like, Kropo will probably start every game. Yeah. But, like, I, I agree with them there, but yeah. he'll take but one I, off, I, and somebody will play two games in a, within a short yeah. time, but not everybody. It'll be yeah. more, it won't be the midfielders either, because we're kind of struggling for midfield players yeah. as well, because Andy Rose still isn't cleared. David Norman's going to be out for the season, you'd think. Baldissimo's still injured. Simon Coline's now away with the under-17s in the, the GA Cup, so really we can't call a wonder, him either. Scored yeah. a wonder goal. I didn't see it yet, today, but I, yeah, so I saw the good. tweet, yeah. So whether there's rotation or not in these games, at some point, if things keep going the way they are, something has to change. Whether it's personnel, formation, tactics, all of it combined, is there a quick fix? It doesn't seem that there's no, a quick it's fix. it's hard to see. The, I know this is not going to work because of how many games we have in like so many days, but the, the, if I was to, if you were going to keep the 4-3-3 formation, I'd like to have uh, Montero up top and then with RDS and Imbom on the wings and then put Reina in the middle in front of Irise and uh, Tybert or Felipe, whoever. That would be like, because RDS, 
while he he does create stuff is to mm. see how much he can create on the wing and maybe and they, maybe they both of them play a little tighter too when they attack so then the <laughs> fullbacks have more in space that, out there and that uh formation with those players uh, the over under on goals against is four is that- <laughs> very possibly I don't. I don't disagree with you. It would, no, be, it would be exciting attacking wise. It would be good to do something different. I'm just, I'm just throwing out something. Side, no, no I, I, I'm just joking because yeah. I would. I think lots of people wouldn't mind seeing that, Steve. Yeah. Well, I, the, the biggest question would be how they would defend, not how they would go forward. Part of the big issue, and it was last year in terms of giving goals up. This year, it's in terms of creating goals. It's the midfield. Yeah. Friday's game, you had Felipe, Tiber, and Erisi, and you had three players that seemed to all want to play the DM role. So you can't just you can't get that going. So I, I don't know what what you can expect or what you can do. You you need you need a number ten you need a, a number ten a true attacking midfield. That's what and we don't have that. That's what's mi- that's what's missing. Somebody who can calm the ball down when they're in the attacking phase. You know the episode nine uh, trailer for Star Wars just came out th- this yeah. week, and what what I think uh, a, a number ten a true ten a cam whatever would bring to the Whitecaps is balance. Yes. You talk about yeah. balance to the force and all that kind yeah. of stuff. They need some balance to the midfield. And I think if you had if you if they had a ten, then they could play with an, a six, an eight, and a ten, yeah. and you could find that balance within the three. But until that, until they bring in that type of player, I don't think anyone they have on the roster is currently able to no. function in that, that way. That's the big, big issue. Who we have on the roster right now? So it's all squ- round pegs and square yeah. holes. Jay San at Ratigan Can tweeted to say, "I don't buy the idea that we're losing due to a lack of effort. Last year we lost many games due to a lack of effort or heart." but not this year. And I think what he's meaning by that is it's the quality that we're lacking this year, which is why we're losing games. I, I don't even think it's quality. Like, I think it's... I still think they're... They're not in preseason mode anymore. They're more start-of-the-season mode. They had their three, yeah. four games where you normally would play in preseason as a full lineup because basically a lot of players came in at the beginning of the season. And now you're getting the first or second game of the season playing so it's oh, they're almost like four games behind whatever they were, they were no, every, all the other teams are that had a decent start to their preseason we saw Montero and Reina back in the, the starting lineup for this one Montero seems a little bit more involved he had an 80% pass accuracy from a limited sample size sample again size, yeah. very small but he did seem to be involved but he was ineffective once again it's like what do we do with him? Is he potential trade bait if we bring in another striker? He surely will be sought after <laughs> in the league. He he did not look good in this match. Uh, there was one shot I think in the second half where he had the he had the ball in the box and chose to like go it alone and took a really weak shot. When mm. when what I mean, if he had taken a better shot, it might have been ter- so bad. But there was players coming forward that I think he could have brought into play. Uh, yeah, I think he's not. Yeah, he's obviously not in form right now. Peter Hicken, AFT and writer, tweeted to say that he, that was the ugly side for him was Montero and like what's to be done with the strikers. Well, you've got Reina as well. Like, what do you do with him? He doesn't seem to fit anything or any position in this four-three-three. Should we be moving, at least for now, from this four-three-three to try and get a formation that fits the actual players that we've got? Three-five-two. You know. Right now, I would risk going with that. What what could be worse than losing every game or just getting the odd point here and there? I losing do, I, every game, getting no points anywhere. Yeah, and losing by more than one goal or two yeah. goals. Yeah, yeah. The I, thing is, the three five two. Whenever it. what the hell? Whenever they play three five two, it hasn't worked. Now, 
if Karimi is ready to go, he should I be would, about a month away. Oh, he's still a month away, yeah. but he was trained. He was warming up on the on the sideline. One yeah, time. He's, he's just do, he's he doing. A his pre- pre- he had a pretty serious injury. He's yeah. doing his pre-training. So yeah, he he's not fit to go yet, and he's going to be about a month away. So he's a long, long way for for getting back into this. Now, DeSantis revealed in an interview, it's a multi-part interview with Matt Pence for The Athletic, so not many folk can read it. But from what I've gleaned from folk tweeting about it, DeSantis said he's in talks with two players from two of Europe's top clubs. Doesn't say who the players are, what positions, or what the top clubs are. Could be East Fife, I class him as one of Europe's top clubs. That's not to say that they're big names, of course, but they're at least playing at a high level if they're at top European clubs. Now, is this maybe with the with the Kyle Lahren talk? Well, was connected? I, I don't know. I think I, they I might have moved Besik- on from that. I don't think Besiktas is a top year. In- well, kind of is. They're regularly in European competition. Now, not so thinking we're lowering, about we're lowering the standard of top European. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm thinking we're looking at Germany, Spain, Italy, or England. To me, would be a top European club. Not maybe Port- not Portugal. Ah, maybe. <laughs> now, now we're starting to to dig a little bit. <laughs> Not thinking, though, about where these additions may come from. If we are, if there's these two mysterious players coming from Europe, what two positions do you want these players to be in? If everybody stays and nobody's being shipped out, then I would say a number 10 and a winger. That can play striker sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes can slip into the middle. That's the two positions I would. I want. think they should be in coach. So when they come here, they're in coach, so they're used to the travel for. for <laughs> uh, I think uh, a number ten f- for sure, uh, and I don't. Uh, yeah, winger might not be bad either, Steve. Yeah, I think they would need to find a left back as well. Maybe not from one of those top teams, but they would need to find a left back if Ali does not stay. Yeah, there's, there, there's that as well. My other question is: Can we wait to the summer? have no choice at this we, point we're, <laughs> no well, no no the, the window's window not closed still, yeah, May, but then they're going to have to May pay 7th, yeah so I mean we've, we've still got if three it, four weeks if it's from one of those top clubs maybe those top clubs don't want to let them go. that person that, go there that's the too. thing and you might want to give the person a break as well yeah. from one season into the rest of the MLS season because well, we've seen with Freddie it's not great getting a guy that's been tr- playing since August or Pedro Morales back in the day yeah the danger though like we're seven points off the playoff spots right now yeah we let this gap get too big. Doesn't matter who we bring in this summer. You're just planning for next year. And some ways that could be great if we're fantastic next year. It's a hard sell, though. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember the Canadian schedule right now, the Canadian Championship schedule. It's in July. So yeah, so we if start they, off in July. If they do sign those two players, they would be eligible for that. At least they can win something We're this putting year. all our chips yeah. in the Canadian Championship. Because that would get them to the CONCACAF, and that gives them more gam and tam and jam. Yeah. To the CONCACAF. Yeah. I, to I, the CONCACAF they go. Yes. They've been crying out for a 10 forever. Even when Pedro Morales was here, we were crying out yeah. for a 10, really. We're just never happy. Was Kumieto a 10? He, he was close. He, he is. He is, but they never really truly Used played him there time, much. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't think he was that as good as everyone raves. If you he go was back, another player that had these flashes. Yeah. That was he statistically, actually, has some pretty good stats from what I remember. If he had solid, uh, like a 6 and an 8 behind him, then I think he would have really excelled. But I think they didn't trust. They didn't have that 6 and 8 behind him. So well, they they, didn't no, really they had Gersh. They had Gersh behind him back in the day. If they didn't have the six and an eight, oh, just kidding. <laughs> look, look at us reminiscing and yearning for 2011. That's how bad it is. But one if Olander was shot, was taking a penalty, he would have gone in. <laughs> Best left back in MLS. 
One midfielder that is a, a staple is Johnny Reese. I wonder what's a staple on his diet, though. Do you think it could be chocolate digestives? So if you're sitting at home and you want to have a hot drink, a tea or a coffee, what, what would you choose? Spanish latte, maybe, or uh, like a tea, a tea or a no, coffee? No, I don't like tea, so I take coffee, espresso. Ah. Yes, I like espresso, yes. And do you like biscuits, cookies, biscuits? No, I don't like too much, so I take the coffee alone. <laughs> yes. That's great, thank you so yes. much. Yes. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Short and sweet, much like a chocolate digestive itself. That is it, you'll be glad to know about our talk from Friday night's game. Woohoo! Yeah. We're going to look on to more positive and optimistic things coming up, like LAFC, the Support <laughs> Shield leaders coming to town on Wednesday. But also great things like the 1979 Soccer Bowl win. And we will be back with all that after this. Hi, I'm Carl Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN podcast. Cause Sweeney's doing 90 cause they've got the word to go They get a gang of villains in a shed up that he throw They're counting out the fivers when the handcuffs lock again In and out I once were with the numbers on their names It's funny how the missus always looks a bleeding same And meanwhile at the station there's a couple of likely lads Who swear like as your father and they're very cool for cats They're cool for cats down the pub I'm seeing my reflection I'm looking slightly rough I fancy this I fancy that I want to be so fresh I'll give a little muscle and I'll spend a little cash but all I get is bitter and a nasty little rash and by the time I'm sober I've forgotten what I've had and everybody tells me that it's cool to be a cat cool for cats squeeze there Iconic band from the UK, Cool for Cats. That song, 40 years ago and this week in 1979, reached its highest chart position in the UK, number two. was always disappointed that that never made number one. It, it's weird how certain songs just bring back certain images in your head as well. Whenever I hear Cool for Cats, I picture wandering around the upstairs looking at singles in John Menzies in Kirkcaldy in Fife when I was a, an 11 year old boy just things like that magical stuff what else is magical? the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM so playing a song from 1979 can only mean one thing I chose it but it also means we are in the part of a show where we're going to go back 40 years Whoa. Has been going back for years. Nineteen seventy nine. In popular culture, number one in the UK yeah. was Bright Eyes again by Art Garfunkel, it went back up. In the US, 
Number one this week was the Doobie Brothers. What a fool believes. That's a song I don't no, know I don't that much. I know the I've heard of the Doobie Brothers before. A film that was released this week in 1979, mm-hmm. Mad Max. Was it released? Yes. This year? In 79. 79. This the week. original. The original. I've Mad seen that Max. one. I haven't seen all the old ones, but I've seen the original. Yeah. It's a interesting film. I like it. Mel Gibson going through the desert. It's a post-apocalyptic scene. It's, a, it's, it's much it's, like what the Whitecaps at BC Place is going to be later in the season if we dark. get any points. It is. And very Mad Max 1 and 2 I love. Beyond the Thunderdome I thought kind of went a little bit too far. but, but that, Is that the one with Mick Jagger? Was Mick Jagger one of them? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember now. I'm forgetting, but the first one I remember. I've seen the first one. TV-wise, one of the big hits in the UK was Love Thy Neighbour in Australia. Oh. A comedy with very racist undertones that was launched in the early 70s. It was about black and white neighbours that live beside each other. It sounds a little bit like uh, All in the Family. It may have got remade over here. All in the Family was around the same time, actually, in the 70s as well. Possibly. But Love Thy Neighbour in Australia... Like in, in the original TV show, the white guy is very racist to his black neighbour and his uh, people that he works with as well of different ethnicities. This then flips it and he goes to Australia and because he's a pommy, all the Australians are horrible to him, so he's suffering the racism down Sorry, there. Sorry, he's a what? A pommy. That's what Australians call English people. Well, in all, the fa- all in the family was just one guy being racist. It wasn't really... He really I don't think he had a neighbour ever. But oh. yeah, it was just just a like day in the life of John Terry or something. Um, one one thing that happened this weekend in TV though, uh, it was the end of the four year run of Starsky and Hutch. Oh, yeah, when I loved week? that when I was a little kid. Paul Michael Glazer, David Soul, Huggy Bear. Huggy Bear was cool. Yeah, I always liked Huggy Bear best. But the main reason that we are talking about 1979, of course, it's. 40th anniversary of the Whitecaps winning the MLS Super Bowl Super Bowl Soccer Bowl and 40 years ago this week the Whitecaps had their very first road game of the season and funnily enough they headed to Chicago played Chicago Sting now this was a very interesting week because across the league NESL players went on strike they had a vote 252 players voted to strike 113 said no strike. In the end, 143 players did strike, but a lot of the European and foreign players were scared to strike because the US Justice Department said they could be deported for having a strike because it was was classed as an illegal strike. So players had to cross the picket lines. Chicago and the Whitecaps, though, were two teams that were unaffected by the strike. You just put an article out about this, right? Yeah, yeah. put that out today so you can read all about this on, on AFTN. The Whitecaps weren't allowed to strike under Canadian law. And Chicago had a vote, and their 20 players, 19 voted not to strike, and one abstained. So that match went on with full-strength teams. And what a match it was. Ended up going to a shootout. Kevin Hector... Scored for the Whitecaps, making it four goals in four games. Then Chicago came back. Well, so it went to a shootout. Whitecaps scored three other shootout goals. Bob Leonard Doozy getting one of them. Good old Canadian boy. Where is he now? Yeah, whatever happened to him. But the, the strike thing was really interesting because some teams were so badly hit by this. And they, I've shared a video in the article that you should watch about 
one of the team's Rochester Lancers, their coach is at the airport, and he's got two phones. It's like you've got a phone in each ear talking to different people, just trying to get players. They had amateurs, they had like Latino players that hadn't been registered anywhere, and just anyone that could play, certain teams had it. Portland were really badly hit, and their their owners at the time actually said to fans, if you want your money back for the tickets, because the team was so dreadful and they got beat, we'll give you your money back. Fascinating series season. Different times. Yeah. Five days later, the strike was called off because no one was going to honour it for a second week. And eventually, the next month in May, remember this is 1979, the National Labour Relations Board said, no, NASL has to enter into collective bargaining. The NASL owners argued and appealed this for five years before eventually agreeing to it in 1984. A few months later, the league was dead. Yeah. That might have been the key. Yeah. That was 1979. So, two wins from the Whitecaps to start off the 1979 season. Far cry from today's team, you can see. When will this first win come? Well, the next chance for the Whitecaps to get it is on Wednesday night. It's an easy game. They're playing a, a team that's that's played on Saturday. They're going to be tired. New guys on the block as well. LAFC. This should be an easy three points, don't you think? <laughs> no. In reality, we're playing the Supporters' Shield leading LAFC. Unbeaten on the season with six wins. One draw. Looking very impressive. Their latest game on Saturday saw off Cincinnati 2-0 at home. In an assured performance, but it was hard fought in the end, Mark anthony Kay got them in the lead in the 32nd minute with a nice header from a corner. It's the second goal of the season. But they had to wait until three minutes into stoppage time to seal the, th- the three points when Carlos Vela killed the game off. Spencer yeah, he, Ritchie. Yeah, he got away from Kendall Waston there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he did. Kendall's it was a good finish, but yeah, he Kendall's not going to keep up with a guy like Carlos Vela. Ritchie had made a great save two minutes in, a one-handed save to, to deny Diego Rossi. And you kind of feel if LAFC had got off to an early start, that could have been a right on the cards there. But Kendall even took a, an early yellow, or first half yellow for a yeah. kick on Rossi, I think, right? You're talking, we're talking about. Well, that's, that's what you want to do. You want to kick these guys. Well, there's like you can. three red cards against Rossi this year or something? Yeah, he's drawn a lot. Um, the thing is, uh, also, the funny thing is that the, it doesn't make it look good for the Whitecaps. Is the, he said, uh, Kendall Wasson said before the game that the key is to control the midfield against LAFC. <laughs> I don't think that happening. No, I don't either. Now, for this one, you could say Mark DeSantos would be even more motivated for it because it's his old club coming to town. But he can't say that because that would make him a cheater. You have to be motivated for every game equally. But inwardly, you have to think he is. This would be a nice kind of story tale. What's the word I'm looking for? Storybook Story tale tale ending to to the winless. Get your first win against your old team against the Support Shield leaders, showing that your team can do this. I mean, it it would be sweet to do. On a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night. And if no one's there... 7 o'clock kick-off. The thing is... uh, Tickets still available. I I know LAFC's on such a roll right now, but usually teams that are on a roll, it doesn't last, like, that long. 
No. Like Unless you're games, Arsenal and you're unbeatable. Season. Yeah. That's true. There are exceptions to the rule, but especially in MLS, there's not that many no. long streaks. There, there is going to be a time when one, this team is slips and up. It's You're a hoping... very streaky league because then once teams lose, they seem yeah. to go on a bit of a look at Portland last year. I don't see that happen for LAFC that they go on a roll of losing, yeah. but I, I do see them dropping a game here and there yeah. where they're well, not. I thought you were talking about Vancouver ending their role. <laughs> well. Oh no, that's going to be a record breaker. But to get a win against like the best team in the league right now would be a confidence booster yeah. beyond the confidence boosters. Speaking of smash and grab, they're going to need. Yeah. Smash and grab at home. Yeah. We just smash some glasses and when no one's looking. <laughs> but LAFC heading to Vancouver, looking to make it eight games unbeaten to start the season. They've scored 21 goals so far this year and they've given up just five against. Flip that, the Whitecaps have scored five all season. Hmm. Carlos Vela, eight goals in the year and five assists. He will probably have some people in the stadium who are there solely to see him. Oh, I'm sure of that. Me right now. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Something to cheer about. But I, I, I don't think it's going to be to the same extent that uh, Ibrahimovic had. No. Probably not, but I think it'll be. I think there'll be a lot of it's solid Mexican sure. fans yeah. there that will be there to watch him. Maybe there'll be lots of Uruguayans turn up to see Diego Rossi as well. Because he's got six goals in the I year. think there's less Uruguayans in Vancouver has been my... There's surprisingly than Mexicans. a lot of Brazilians. Yes. I went to a coffee shop that's just become a Brazilian coffee shop yeah. up in Burnaby. And they've got all this Brazilian food. I need to tell Mark Santos about it. Yeah. Me and him can go there for a, a cappuccino. We Yeah, we, we've had a couple of Curva Collective uh, partners who are, are Brazilian. But Vela's on fire right now. I mean, right now... He's MVP quality, but you also have Zlatan just two goals behind him now, which we'll, we'll come to in the next part. But between them, 14 goals in the year for Vela and Rossi. Our defence has been up and down. There's been a couple of stronger performances of late, but can we handle such potency? I think they can if they actually play a perfect game. But will they, have to will, they have, will they be a play a perfect game? I don't know if they can. They haven't shown it yet. I mean, we've not lost... Oh, the Seattle game, defensively, yeah. worked out. LA Galaxy so lost by two goals. But that was to Zlatan, so it's a bit different. All the other games, the losses, it's been by one goal margins, and a lot of them controversial. are controversial. Yeah. So there's that hope as well. But one thing about LAFC, from watching their games, their set-piece delivery is impressive. Vela's taking yeah. corner kicks, and he's been spot on with them. Mark Anthony K, both his goals, I think, are from corners. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because his, his goal today was. Their link-up play, though, when they're going forward, it's, it's a joy to watch. It's fast passes, quick movement. It's everything that Martin Santos wants the Whitecaps to do. And we just seem to just not have that link-up chemistry going right now. I just... You don't want to be going a game too, too pessimistic. And obviously the players won't. I just fear that this is going to be a big struggle on Wednesday night and it could get ugly if they score early. Yeah, that's true. I think you could see some more... You could see an, another defensive approach. I think it might have For a whole be. match. However, the other, the, 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 the other side of that coin, though, is that DeSantis knows them so well, he should know how to break them down or he should know how to stifle them. So... The, the problem with breaking the problem with breaking them down is they have they're not as weak 
on on the backside as they kind of, they weren't weak last well, year, but yeah. they had holes last year. Yeah. They've kind of solidified those holes this year. True. And the big question is, do we even have enough firepower to trouble them? Yeah. We've always got a puncher's chance because anything can happen. You can hit a shot like Reyna. Yes, sir. I'm not, even, I'm not even thinking about that. <laughs> You're not even thinking about it. I, I'm not thinking about the offense. I'm thinking about the defensive yeah. side of things. LA's defense, it's been so consistent this year. The back five you've got in goal. Tyler, Tyler Miller. Miller. Yeah. I almost called him TJ Miller. Your right back is Beatshire, so yeah. we know him well. Your left back is Harvey, so we know him well. And the two centre-backs, Walker Zimmerman and the Colombian Eddie Segura. Now, out of those five, all of them bar Beatshire have played all seven games, and Beatshire has played six of them. Yeah. So they've got that chemistry, they've got that understanding, and they've only given up five goals, and they've only given up 22 shots on target. And, and the thing is, though, is that they might not even be that great defensively. But the they're thing is, tested. they're not getting tested because they have they possess the ball so much. They're always the other team's always on their back but, foot, so they don't have a chance to attack that much. But this Vancouver side doesn't look like it's good, no up exactly. to testing. That's them. that's what that's, I'm saying. That's that the other they, thing. We also thing. have to have the ball to be able to exactly. test them, and that could be a a big big issue. We've got the ball. We've lost the, the ball. ball. I'm wearing my goals are underrated. The beauty is in the struggle T-shirt again. It felt a, an appropriate time to do that. Out. I think I'll wear this to cho- Tuesday's training as well. If you if you look at at LA though, and they've got three games in a week, just like us, and their next game is a massive game. It's not until the Sunday, but they've got the other unbeaten team in the West, Seattle, coming to face them. So it's a top two battle. We've talked about whether the Whitecaps might rotate. Is this the chance for LAFC to say, you know what, this is an easy game compared to Seattle. Let's rest a few of these guys. Does that give us a chance, possibly? If it or was, do they want to keep the streak If going? it was later in the season, they might, but I don't know if they do it this early. They maybe rest... And maybe keep the momentum yeah, going? Yeah, maybe they rest one of the guys, like like one of their top players, but I don't think they're going to rest all of them. It, it too, it's like it's a West Coast game, right? So it's yeah, not crazy it's not travel. travel for either, either of the matches for LA. So... Uh, like yeah, uh, you, you could of, see some rotation. Like you could see some, like one yeah. or two, or what any, could, any anything less than three. I don't oh, think oh, causes oh, them. To what stumble. I could see is that if they up by a couple goals, like early yeah. or whatever, yes. at halftime they take off somebody. Yeah, or so so someone get, could get taken off at halftime. Pulled, yeah, pulled off, pulled sure. off. Yes, pulled off is the correct terminology. But e- like, even if they play a weaker team, they've still got quality that you think is going to get the job done. Yeah. And if you look at some. Are the other positions, their midfield, and this is where the battle is going to be really won or lost. Yes, strikers finish the chances, but a lot of them's created in the middle. That's what we're lacking. You look at their midfield, they play a 4 3 3 like us, but it's a big difference in what the quality, but what they're producing. Yeah. Saturday's midfield three for LAFC, Mark Anthony Kay. He's got two goals and two assists from six appearances. The only game he missed was when he was up here playing for Canada. On the other wing, you had Latif Blessing, who's got three assists and five starts. And in the middle of that was Edward Atuesta, and he's got three assists and seven starts. So that's a midfield that's creating and producing, and it's right now it feels like that's just something that we can only dream of. Yeah, and then you, I think, uh, and then you have, it, it doesn't take very much for them to get it out to their attackers too, because when you have guys like Vela and Rossi, you, all you got to do is really get them the ball. Yeah, and then and they, then do, they the take, do the rest. That, yeah. That's the thing. And that's yeah. what our guys, you give our guys the ball and they seem to like, I don't know what to do with it now. Yeah. We 
have a brutal travel schedule. So we flew to Chicago. Now we're back to Vancouver. Then we're flying off to Orlando. And we'll talk a little bit about Orlando when we do our, our MLS weekend review in, in the next part. But that that is a horrible scenario for them to have to do. You would hope, knowing how difficult it is to get to Orlando, that would be a game that they would maybe charter. You should ask that on Tuesday. Yeah, I might, because to me, that is a game that you think, let's charter the guys down there. Give them a, a chance to rest and not have to change because you would have to change to go to Orlando. I know a couple of years ago when they were, I know it was the first or second, I think it was the first game when the Octavio River, Rivera got the header in Orlando. I think that was the game where they like, they didn't charter and they missed their connection in yes, Dallas or something. Yes, And then they got... And the weather's all weird. There's been like tornadoes in Texas right yeah. now. And, and so they, they got to Orlando, I think maybe it was even the day of the game maybe or something crazy. Like that stay in Dallas. I don't know. It was whatever. It was crazy. But I, I do know that there was this sense of like, oh, yeah, we saved tens of thousands of dollars on a charter and we got three points. So good job. Well, I mean, if you look at the two games, Orlando is the game that is the more winnable of the two, even though on it's a paper, long trip yeah. on paper. It's a long trip and you're playing a team that is patchy, but they, they can get the job done at home. They've got some good players, but we've won there before, so we can certainly look at doing stuff. If I was going to rotate players out, and I know it doesn't sit well because you're at home and you want to be your attacking best at home, I sit players for Wednesday to say, look, we're going to probably get beat anyway. How, how many? How drastic are you thinking, Michael? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, Jake, maybe bring him in yeah. for for Wednesday. Have Scott Sutter play in Orlando. I think, because, Sutter, I think Sutter's got to play against Orlando. Yeah. PC may be up for going back to Orlando and putting in a performance because he wasn't rated there. I, I think you, Is he I, rated I, in Vancouver yet? Mm. I think you rotate the wings and the striker. The midfield is probably going to have to stay the same because there's not very much to rotate there. Maybe you rotate one of the guys out I'd of there. I'd put RDS in against LAFC yeah. and keep Freddie for Orlando. For Orlando. And, then yeah. you, and then on the back line, like you said, the only person I think you can rotate in the back line is... Um, is uh, Jake Whiskey. Yeah. So I think that's I think the wings striker. Yeah, I'd maybe and, uh, I'd maybe rest Reina as well for Orlando and put in Venuto or Bangura. And the way that Reina's playing, I know we got the goal. It's like it's six of one really half a dozen of the other. Yeah. I think uh, like Inbom has to play both games full ninety. You have to feel so, <laughs> or as much as possible. I know we're going to run that poor lad at the ground at this rate. Did you see uh, there was uh, Instagram? I think story or whatever. Uh, Russell Russell Tyler photo. It was him and I forget who it was, but oh. Inbaum was sleeping on the plane, and they put something like he's always sleeping or whatever, and they like a selfie with him <laughs> with him sleeping. It was pretty funny. Did anyone leave the comment? At least he wakes up during matches. <laughs> I did not see that one oh. below. No. So score prediction. First of all, for Wednesday night, LAFC. I say six points for the week. No, nothing. Wow. Okay. What are you drinking? No, no. He is the king in the north. <laughs> he's he's got the Doobie Brothers going. Um, uh, the uh, I think I th- I'm, this is the optimistic side of me. I'm hoping they draw against LAFC and they possibly pick up three points. Orlando, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> so wait, your crazy thing was six points. You're less crazy <laughs> than realistic. Like four, four points. <laughs> no, my optimistic hope is oh, okay. four points. But I, I, I actually, love you, Steve. I actually see. I, I think they can beat Orlando in Orlando they've done it before they can do it again I think they can as well but triple their points this week yeah I think they yeah, can beat Orlando I don't see them getting anything against LAFC if LAFC comes full strength 
Yeah, if LFC come full strength, I'm going for a four nil LFC yeah. win. Because when I predicted, uh, for example, a couple weeks ago, when I predicted them to beat the Galaxy, I was not expecting Zlatan to show up at all. That was a surprise to me. Yeah. I, I think because LFC, of course, is better known as the Goats two. I think it's going to be LFC two, Vancouver nil or Vancouver one. The Orlando game, I think, is more something along the lines of one one or two two. Yeah, I I think three or four goal victory for LAFC on Wednesday and I fancy a draw as well in Orlando I want to say 1-1 I just feel 0-0 because it's a struggle to see where our goals are coming from right now but it's also Orlando have scored in every single game they've played this year so I'll go with 1-1 I would have chosen the Goats to have more goals but I think what's going to happen is kind of what you said earlier Steve they're going to get into a lead and they're going to take the foot off the gas a little bit because they want to save it for Seattle the Dark Lord is going to be here but we'll be talking about what else happened in MLS West after this. Hi, I'm Mark Anthony Kay, and you're listening to the AFTN radio show. And who are you, the proud Lord said, that I must bow so low? Only a cat of a different coat, that's all the truth I know. In a coat of gold, a coat of red, a lion still has claws. And mine are long and sharp, my lord, as long and sharp as yours. That was a bit different. Let everyone know what that was, Steve. That was a group called The National, and they were singing The Reigns of Castamere. And the reason we're playing that is Game of Thrones was back tonight. Um, we won't spoil it for anyone that maybe hasn't seen it yet, like Zach, who's stopping us talking about no, you can talk the, about the, the multiple deaths. Talk about it all you want. Yeah, Jon Snow dying was a <laughs> major surprise. I just did not see that coming. Although I did buy episode seven. We should, we should write down who we think is going to die, which I think is pretty much going to be all the characters. Mm. Anyone you like in that show pretty much gets killed. So for me, Jon Snow and Arya is probably going to get killed. Uh, but you're listening to the AFT and Shocker, Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. I'm excited that Game of Thrones is back. So I threw a question out on Twitter to some people asking which houses could different MLS teams be and which players could be certain characters so we'll cover the players and characters next week I think yeah. we'll just look at what teams would be what houses because we've got some good responses I've got a few thoughts as well Ryan McLeod he says that Sheavis would have been House Rain because they were snuffed out by House Lannister who he says is the LA Galaxy House Rain which one is that? House Rain uh, was I, I don't know everything that about was the, the Reigns of Castamere I think that was no, is it? I can't remember. I'll stop asking questions. <laughs> yeah, because it'll be long if you keep asking this. Ryan also says that Atlanta is House Bolton because they've newly come into power, but they're now experiencing a little bit of sort of problems and adversity. Ian Jones agrees and says the LA Galaxy are the Lannisters. He says Columbus are the Starks. Doesn't say why though. And Atlanta are the Dothraki. I guess just because they wreak terror. But for me, I, I think the galaxy, they're more like the Targaryens because they used to be all-powerful. Yeah. Now they want it back. 
They're making a move Who's to that? get it back. Who's that? MLS? The Galaxy. Oh, they had la- used yeah. to have power. Okay. And they don't have a dragon, but they do have a lion in Slack. Yeah. House of Rain is the Castamere. House of Rain of Castamere. House Rain of Castamere, sorry. Which was the song? Yes, which was the song. So they were, what happened was they uh, made fun of uh, um, oh, Tyrion's father, okay, Tywin. Tywin Lannister mm. made fun of his father, and basically he wiped out their whole house, essentially. Well, that, that's, that's, that's why that's I like the show. Lots of that stuff that happened before yeah. the um, before the Lots show of angry bastards. Yeah. Oh, well, they're doing the prequels. Are well, they doing like eighteen be... shows, spinoffs, or something? I don't know. They're doing a lot of spinoffs, yeah. showing a lot of the stuff that that they've kind of talked about. I think Atlanta are more like the Lannisters because they're currently in power. As MLS champs, but you can feel it's slipping away. No, I and no one likes them. I kind of feel like the Red Bulls are more like House Lannister because of that. Because they used to be, they used to have a lot of money behind them. Now they, they used kind to of support a now they've, a lot. they've run out of gold out of their minds. They don't have <laughs> gold anymore. They're just kind of borrowing, and so Dead Bull isn't there? Is there a group that like everyone hates, but they think they're all that Lannisters? Oh, okay. Um, I I personally I I have. Um, the Unsullied as FC Dallas, not because of the no balls thing, but because um, <laughs> b- because they're kind of homegrown. Because because oh. the Sullied are, are kind of raised from young pops yeah. and, and raised into this the forest, and so I kind of think of them as that. Um, the Dothraki, the ones I think of Dothraki is uh, uh, the Sporting Kansas City because they kind of act as one unit. And they kind of swarm you, kind of thing. So I kind of think of them as that. And Johnny Russell's wild. Yeah, exactly. I see. I I think pro referees are more like the unsullied <laughs> because they, they're meant that. to be the elite, but they're not really, and they've got no balls most I, of the time. So. I I think it's the phrase. The, they're the phrase basically ah, because well. because they control the pass, the that that the pass from the south to the north. And really, they're kind of morons. But they were wiped out. Uh, they're kind of morons. Yeah. Would we love Arya to wipe out the pro referees? Yes. Uh, the phrase. <laughs> Funnily Walter enough. Frey, the, the one that killed. Basically, the, uh, and if you think of it, if uh, we're the Starks, the Whitecaps are the Starks, uh, they would have been in charge of the Red Wedding. Mm. So the referees, because they've slaughtered of, us. I've heard of this Red Wedding. <laughs> You don't watch the show. This is probably not a great section for us to be asking you. Hey, I thought you had watched I it. I thought for half of that you were talking about wrestling. Oh. J.J. Adams from the province, friend of the show, he says that the white caps are actually the phrase. Mm, I don't see that. <laughs> Ryan McLeodo says, no, the white caps are the night's watch. That makes sense. Because we're often taking players out of favor with other houses and hoping to turn them into real warriors. But I would say the night's watch are successful at that. We're not, so yeah. we can't be the Night's Watch. Who are the phrase? Who did you say were the phrase? The phrase oh, are the ones. No, 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 no. The, the team, show. the team, the team. Oh, I oh, said, okay. I said. Uh, who did I say they were? The- oh, no, I said the ref- the referees were the phrase, possibly. Oh, you don't even know. Yeah, no, the referees. No, I do remember now. Yeah. The pro referees are the phrase because they think they're smart, but they're okay. not, and they kind of control us. And very decisive. JJ Adams said that same group yes. is is the white it's caps. <laughs> Canadian Coastal Gunner, though, says the white caps are more like the Castermeers because the family or the House of Lannisters uh, wiped them out. House of Rain. That he meant the rain of Castermere. Oh. Yes. Seen from before. I, I like to think that, that we're the Starks. The white caps are the Starks because we're always playing second fiddle to someone. Sometimes third if you look at the Cascadian Derby. We lost our head honcho in Robbo. 
in the first episode. Yeah, we're the first to, season. <laughs> well, we lost our head honcho tighter in our first season. Yeah. So yeah, we're trying to rebuild, and one day that we make, hope that we might rule. That makes sense that Tater would be hit Ned Stark because he was honourable, and they basically beheaded him. Yeah, within the, with there, nobody there's no room it. for anyone that's honourable in this world. <laughs> no, embedded him with no, no, no expectations at all. Yeah. Let's just move on to our MLS news of the week. Sure. Yeah. That's your shirt, though, right? King of the North? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Better than Queen of the South. That's a club. Uh, yeah, yeah. I never liked him. Apart from when David Norman was there, he was good. So, MLS. Oh, by the way, West. I thought the Martells were the in, in New York City FC, the Martells. Oh, why? Just because they're kind of fancy guys. Ah. We'll do some characters next week. Now that I know that Zach doesn't watch the show, this is going to. I'm familiar with some of the people. Okay, I know. Actually, so what happened in them? What, oh, I've heard of that. <laughs> I thought you were a big fan. I don't know why. So, MLS West. Games of the week. A lot of games this week. And there were some good games, actually. And sometimes I watch all the highlights, sometimes I don't. This week I had to watch all the highlights because there was a lot happening. Started off, Houston beat San Jose 2-1. Now, if you thought that the Earthquakes getting their first win last week was going to get them off in a little run, No. Keeps guess an abrupt again. end. Guess again. Yeah, just showing how bad the Timbers clearly are that San Jose beat them 3-0. San, San Jose lost this one 2-1, but it could have been so much more. There was three goals in a seven-minute spell at the start of the second half, but Houston hit the woodwork three times, including a penalty. And who was that? Was that Manata, uh, Minotas? Thomas Martinez. On the penalty? Yeah. I thought it was Minotas. Oh, no, sorry. Thomas Martinez scored the goal. The winner. Oh, I can't remember who took the pick. I think it was Minotas, and he forgot that you can't score. Oh, you can't fall. Yes. Off, off a, off, if it hits a post, you can't be the first guy to touch it because he scored the rebound. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but it counted. Yeah. It I mean, didn't count. We yeah. talked about the bad weather in Texas. The game was delayed the second half for over an hour because of lightning. Why? There's no one in the stadium. <laughs> the players. <laughs> you have to play do it for on. the players. Yeah. You don't want... There's insurance. You don't want Albert Ellis injured. <laughs> Albert Alith? Well, him either. <laughs> One of the big games of the weekend was two unbeaten sides facing off at the clink. A lot of empty seats for, for this one, but the Mariners were playing as well, so it was a kind of double-header thing. But Nobody watches the Mariners. I thought they got good no. crowds. Oh, I don't know. No, they don't. But Seattle took on now. TFC. Someone's all had to go, as they say in boxing. Unless yeah. it was a draw, but it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't play in with that nice catchy thing. And in the end, it was TFC's O that was ripped a new one. It was uh, it was an interesting interesting. Game. It was a good game. Uh, the a really nice brace from Jose Altador. Yeah, you see, like you talk the ending. About, yeah, you talk about uh, a ten man that Pozuelo. Oh, he could, is good. He he can play. Didn't score though. Didn't score. But he set up both goals. He set up the yeah. he set up the first. He's got a lovely was, his delivery. Is he's like, two footed like nobody. Special. There's nobody's business. Yeah, he. He's that was player. some good scouting because nobody expected but, him to uh, find somebody from the Belgian. But all Michael, we couldn't get somebody from the Belgian. But all Michael, for us. no, all Michael cares about is is his 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 beloved Will Brune got a brace. Yeah, I've gone off him a bit now. Though. I, I've, I've, what? I've given up us ever getting. Is because he's a flounder. No, just he's getting he's aging now. I don't like an him. aging flounder. Aging flounder. This was the game I was talking about when I played the Rosillo. Yes, this would have been a good one for a flying saucer attack. A meteor match. For, for two teams that you despise, they actually put in a, a pretty in, enjoyable match. Outdoor was good. He put TFC ahead in the 11th minute. Then great, Will great Green header. Tied it up. Yeah. Two really good headers, two good headers actually. Yeah. I, I thought they were both good. Bruin scored again, and then Christian Rodan 
Two goals in two minutes. And Bruin's second goal, with two lovely work goals as well, Stephen Caldwell on the commentary, literally seconds after this came out of his mouth, when he said Toronto looked pretty comfortable and Seattle didn't have any answers. Then Bruin scores, and then two minutes later they get a second. It's hard to see when you don't have the full view of the pitch. Oh, to, I to guess. <laughs> oh, you, was, really, you were like harping on your uh, yes. fellow Scott. There's nothing worse than Scottish people. I, When I listened to that, because I didn't watch the game on TSN, I was just watching the highlights, I, I was going to tweet out, crying face emoji six times. Doesn't work as well, orally, but... There's an emoji for that as well. Out of door, yeah. He got his second of the game to, to set up a storming finish and TFC nearly got a draw. Stephen Fry came up with a big stoppage oh, yeah. time save. That was on Baldo, Baldo. probably going to be save of the week, Baldi. I think. Yeah. On Bradley, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're still unbeaten, Seattle. They now face LAFC, as we talked about. That should be a cracker. Must see TV. Nil, no. It probably will be. No, it, no, that's the kind of game you four, build. Four. You build it up. Yeah, I think more like that, Steve. Well, a game that was nearly four-four. It was three-three. Minnesota, NYCFC. Minnesota opened their new stadium, ripping off Bayern Munich. No, it's sponsored by the same company. Is that what you mean? I thought they just thought, oh, Bayern Stadium's got a fancy name. Well, there's actually a second stadium in the world that I know that has the I name, know, which is Ju- Juventus. Common. You want something like BC Place. There's no well, other place called BC for, Place. For Bayern, it's Allianz Arena. For Juventus, it's Allianz something. And this is Allianz Field, I think. Well, at least they didn't like to change it up. Yeah. It's a nice-looking stadium. Got to give it that. And the, the romantic in me. I like the home teams to score their first goal in their new stadium. Unless it's a team I really, really hate. You cannot, There's a lot of those. Yeah, there, there is. East Fife at least scored our first goal in our new stadium when we moved there. Is it really a stadium? Stand. <laughs> Define stadium. Sorry, sorry. Fire up, I'm, I'm a cliche. I'm just giving you. <laughs> but yeah, Minnesota time. 3, New York City FC 3. Ozzy Alonso got that first goal in the stadium and the first booking as well. You'd yes. have probably put money on the booking, maybe not the goal. Yes. Nice folly though, he not, took it well. Not bad for an old man. Yeah. Was then, he like 36? That's a young man to me. And to all of us, really. NYC, though, they came storming back. There was four goals in this one in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. And then, the thing that everyone's talking about, David Ousted's howler on Friday was oh, bad. The double. But, oh, my, oh, my. Well, the last two goals were both horrible. Yeah, but Sean Johnson's howler. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what was going through his mind there as well. well Maybe he's just not used to the new grass. Oh, no, I'm getting confused. This other one, I think, oh, I thought was a howler, got called back from, from VAR. Yeah, right. this was the one. Oh, yeah, he went. Just Sean Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awful, awful stuff. I was a goalie in ice hockey as a child, and that may have happened to me once. Oh. Where I went to go play the puck with my stick, and it just went underneath it. I don't think I've ever done that when I've played goalie, and I'm not that good at a, a goalie, so what does that make Sean Johnson? But did know. it not make you think of Do you remember Sean Johnson's first time in Vancouver for Chicago Fire? Gershon Kofi cracked one from like 30, 35 yards and it bounced just over him like as he dove. Oh, just, I don't remember that. Oh, no. yeah. It was, I, yeah, it was sad. Dig that out. But this game let us see the good side of VAR as it was used correctly to rule out a Castellanos goal where he clearly used his arm to control the ball. I would have made a 3-3 at that point. Was that, was it, would that not have been a Boxel own goal? 
Or maybe maybe he got it. Maybe I think he Boxell might have Boxell was sliding in there. Yeah, sliding I don't know if he put it in, but it was clearly a handball. Yeah. So, I mean, VAR was used great, but they, they claimed a point. In Wait, the end, anyway. VAR can be used properly? Yeah, it can. Oh, okay. Depends who's running it, I think. And if you're playing Vancouver. Now, talking about VAR brings us to Dallas and Portland. We have to talk about this more? No, well, keep this one brief. Dallas 2, Portland 1, the VAR game of the week. Or was that ours? I don't know. I don't know where this puts Portland in the VAR Cup. We're still leading the standings, so I'm looking forward to that at the end of the season. But Jesus Ferreira, his first goal was correctly he- given on video review. I think it's Jesus is how you pronounce it. Oh. I've always said Jesus. I thought he was a goalkeeper because Jesus saves, everyone's talking about. But turns out he's a, he's actually a forward he does. for Dallas. Video review correctly gave it because it was a deflection of Chara. Good VAR call. Rita Ziegler scored a penalty to make it 2-0. Then Christian Panedis pulls one back for Portland. Then, this match also had the big talking point of the handball that wasn't given. We've already talked about it. But, oh, it's just getting my anger up again. So we, should, blood we, should, pressure. we should probably move on to RSL and Orlando. 2-1 win for RSL in this one. Got their first win in five after four straight losses. Yeah, it's this is the team that we're playing next week. So we want to focus a little bit on Orlando in this one. Orlando didn't look good on either of the goals, I th- I thought. But they did rest Dwyer and Nanny. So you know that they're going to be well rested now to take on Vancouver on Saturday. I <sighs> Nanny came on as a sub. He's still an absolute wanker, but he's got a really nice free kick to pull a late one back. Orlando, though, they've got two wins, three losses, and two draws on the year. They've scored in all their matches. They let 13 against so far in the season. The defence definitely looks like we've got a bit of hope. And Brian Rowe, we saw what he was like with us last year. I think we've got to have some hope heading into this game. And this game should have given us hope, even with those two guys rested. you, you got to test him regularly, Brian Rowe. You have to. You can't let him just uh, be He was being at the near it. post for yeah. one of the goals, but it would have been hard for any keeper yeah. to stop that. It was, it was such a hard shot. Was it Kai who scored on him the week before? Possibly. I Possibly. Yeah. Well, Kai got another goal. Today, yeah. This weekend, and another loss for Colorado. So Portland and Colorado, the two other teams in the West. Uh, Somehow they're below Vancouver. Win. Yeah. That's how bad they are. I want to play these teams, but we don't play them for weeks. It's so annoying. DC United, well, Colorado took the lead. And then DC United came storming back with three and, unanswered goals. And they had some good finishes on those yeah. goals. Eight they, minutes spell. They weren't unanswered. They weren't, the Kai got one in there. But the three goals were unanswered. Oh, okay. Three, 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 three interrupted. Yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. And then Kai, nice header. Yeah. Nice finishes all round in this one. But again, some poor defending. I just... I, why can't we play these teams now? Give us this confidence booster. Ah, The team that beat us last week, LA Galaxy, 2-0 winners over Philadelphia with a first-hand half-brace from friend of the show, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He won another penalty. Shocking, that. I I don't know it was a penalty. Did it went to VAR? No. Yeah, they I, reviewed this, it. This one feels like... Well, it a leg like, went out. Like he, he looked like he got his leg kicked out from him like when he went up in the air. That's, yeah, where I think, that's where I think the penalty He did well to fall into the guy to make it convincing no matter what. That's what he does. 
Yeah. He's in Hollywood for a reason. It's hard to, when you get kicked in the leg, when you're up in the air, not to you <laughs> pick, uh, kind of decide where you're going to fall. Let's try now, Michael. You jump in there. We're going to kick you. We'll try it with Steve. <laughs> Steve I've already Steve, fallen. Steve's had a week of falls. I've already fallen this weekend. I'm not falling again. <laughs> what happened? I oh, fell what? off a thing ladder. Kind what? Of not like Rod Howe. He wasn't fixing okay, his Okay, you got to tell me at the break. He'll show you the bruises. Ooh. It's on his coccyx. I think it was coccyx that he said. It was something like that. He said he'd show me his coccyx later. I, I didn't say anything like that. The final game of the week uh, involving an MLS Western team was today. SKC 2, New York Red Bulls 2, Johnny Russell 1. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Love me some Johnny. Break the bank. Bring him to Vancouver. Give them every player. Give him Rain and Montero in return. He scored a nice goal to start the game. You, you, I text you right away. Yeah. I wasn't Did, watching it. Oh, time, so I'm <laughs> sorry. Oh. That was when I was having my nap because I'm old. <laughs> but... Red Bulls scored two lovely goals to get back into it. And then the little young kid, Busio, scored for the third straight game. Forget Alfonso Davies, this guy's the real deal. But in all seriousness, he looks really good. And he's he, they're using him well. He's coming off the bench. He's scoring. It got a little bit feisty in stoppage time. Oh, Casey yeah. hit the bar. And then Gamara sent off for kicking a ball in at the stands at a fan. Yeah. I have frustration. My kids, I was stepped into the other room. My kids were like, Dad, there's a brawl. There's a brawl. <laughs> they're fighting. They're fighting. That's what you want. But what a stupid thing to do. I don't know. You could say he was trying to aim to kick the ball into the, the advertising hoarding, but there's no way but, the way that he... And then after that, they went that. to VAR, right? And then they give out two yellows too? Yeah, two of the, the KC guys got yellows, I think, for pushing and stuff. Yeah. But that's not what VAR's meant to be used exactly. for. Exactly. You're not meant to use it to give a yeah. yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not start in VAR. So after all that, the Caps, currently 10th in the West, two teams below them, one of three teams without a win, along with Colorado and Portland, third worst record in all of MLS, feels like a long season ahead, and it's maybe hard to be positive about the playoffs right now, but without hope, what, what do we have? We can only hope that come this summer, MDS is going to have this team flying. I personally just want to see this team develop, and I want to see the players that I think are somewhat long-term players. I want to see them getting better. It's making all these loan deals look good. Though. Yeah, that they didn't yeah. buy these guys outright or yeah. bring them to the long term. Like, like I said, I don't think Bengura. I don't think he lasts till the uh, to the full, full season. You don't I think that last the, is going to last? No, I I, th- I thought that was the case when they brought. I think him once in. the new. Because he's been away with the baby and he's yeah. missed well, Benuto's stuff. signed yeah. on a deal. Yeah, once yeah. he st- gets up and running, he'll be your regular starter, I think. Like I said, I think these guys are still like two games into the season, even though it's the sixth game or whatever it is. So uh, I think they still got and some time. Five in the preseason. Yeah. It's 11. Yeah. So no cliches from us this week. I, I like that section next week, so we'll, we'll bring that back. I am a cliche section. But, but this, one... the problem was this episode was so jammed up. Yes, it definitely was. <laughs> And I like my nod to the past, to our roots at AFTN. And I thought I'd bring back a really popular section and ask Scott Sutter, what's his favourite jam? What's your favourite jam? So again, you're sitting at home. You decide to have some toast or a muffin or or something like that. Yeah. What would be your favourite jam? Strawberry. Oh. Strawberry jam, yeah. I love love strawberries, all kind of like, you know, strawberry cheesecake, strawberry jam, anything with strawberries, that's that's me. Superb. What's your favourite jam? Traffic jam. 
What's wrong with raspberry? What's wrong with plum? How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? I have no idea why my reaction to strawberry was, ooh, it's like the most boring jam you could get, but I don't know. I was just It's the first one we've done in a while. I thought it was excited. I didn't ask Johnny Reese about jam. Oh. It was. It was. I think he might have really got confused. Yeah, yeah. but I, 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 I don't mind strawberry. It's a oh, safe, I know. I like a strawberry. Safe, safe yeah. jam to have. But I think strawberry my, rhubarb or rhubarb and ginger is my two. I still like orange marmalade. Whenever what? I get a chance, oh, I don't jam, like that. That's that's not a I know it's yeah. not like, a like, I don't like that. your favorite Stra- marmalade. Strawberry, I like. Mm. I can eat that right now. Strawberries. Not the jam, but the strawberries. Let us know what your favourite jam is, because we'll be asking more players as the season goes on. And we'll be back with Football Violence Awareness Month after this. Hi, I'm Maxim Kripo from the Vancouver Whitecaps, and you're listening to the EFTN Show. Welcome back to the final part of tonight's AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Tell us what that song was, Steve. Uh, it's a Canadian group called Valley, and the song titled name was Push for Yellow. Didn't Effie Juarez try that down in Seattle, but it actually turned out to be a push for red? Oh, it seemed like it, yeah. yeah. And he pushed for two yellows in that, that game la- uh, last week. Yep. As you know, there's no place for football violence in the modern game. Or is there? I say yes. In music form. It's Football Violence Awareness Month here at the AFTN Soccer Show. And this might surprise you. I've got another song that's just called a Football Violence. It's from 2006. It's from a group called The Young Boys. Nothing to do with a, a team in Bern. And this is Football Violence. Oh, 
Oi, oi, indeed. I love me some young boys. That was football violence on a Friday night. And who didn't watch that VAR decision in the Chicago game and want to go out and run rampant and have some football violence? I was all right. I I went to a relaxing retreat. Oh, just me then. Apologies to my neighbourhood. Anyway, now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. Oh yeah. And BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with our friends at bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for local, national and international news, links, stories from all around the world. Make it part of your daily routine, morning, noon and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What was catching those eyes of yours this week, Steve? Oh man, I can hardly hardly wait to hear all the stories. Uh, there's all right stories, uh, great stories. We'll tell, talk about them. Okay, here we go. Uh, so, a quick follow up from uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, about the 48 team uh, 20. Oh man, 22 World Cup. Um. Th- there is uh, there were a couple because of the Saudi Arabia ban on uh, dealing anything with Qatar. Uh, there was a couple of countries uh, you'd mentioned Oman right there um, <laughs> and Kuwait as well. Uh, there, Oman has basically said now that they they're not ready to host. Yeah, so they're basically pulling out. Who would have thought that? Because when I think of World Cup hosts, Oman is like right at the top of my list. Kuwait hasn't responded yet. So, but without. Both those I think just hoping if they don't respond, it's yeah. just going to be like, let's, let's just not yeah. talk about it. So, so essentially, it, it looks like it's dead at this point. Uh, one thing is th- that has uh, been uh, confirmed. Uh, it looks like Argentina and Colombia will be hosting the 2020 Copa mm. America. Uh, it will be consist of 12 teams, uh, two six-team divisions. Uh, so everybody basically plays five games, round-robin games. There will be 10, obviously the 10 South American teams. There will be two guests. Right now, Qatar looks like it's official that they will be going, and China might be the other team. Uh, they are not going to be asked. Again. There was rumors that it might be USA and Mexico. They, actually, rumors that it was going to be a 16-team uh, Copa America, but it's not. It's just uh, uh, 12 teams. I know. When I think of a big world tournament and I want to add two teams, Qatar and China is at the top of my list. Well, for South America, the reason why is because obviously Qatar can offer the money, yeah. and then China can offer a big audience. And ah. that might be really effective for them there. That's obviously going to create money as well. Um, so it devalues. De- like, seriously, when you're inviting teams from out with your continent to a continental competition, it just devalues it. Like, we should not play in Copa America. Was anyone... Okay, so you said Argentina and Colombia, right? Yes. Mm. Yeah, these are two countries that are like not opposite. neighbors. They're not yeah. neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, six teams are going to go one country, six yeah. teams are going to... They're all going to play their things and then... I, I don't know who's going to host the finals or the, the quarters oh, or anything. It's going to be an idea now for Scotland to host with Qatar for the 2022 <laughs> World Cup. I thought more like Scotland, they could be a joint Scotland-Morocco <laughs> So uh, one person who could have played in Copa America, but he decided to go for Spain, uh, Diego Costa, has been suspended oh, yes. for eight games, uh, basically essentially the rest of their season, uh, for uh, four games for grabbing the referee's arm. All right, there. Four games for saying he was going to do something disgusting to the referee's mother. Now, before you all get upset here, oh, 
Diego Costa's got a perfectly reasonable thing. He thinks the referee misunderstood. He wasn't saying he's going to do something to the referee's mother. He says he was going to do something to his own mother. Ah. So that makes a whole oh, lot does. more sense. See, who hasn't it? wanted to do that? Speaking of Game of Thrones. Yeah, Oedipus. <laughs> uh, Diego Costa's got an Oedipus complex. He's got a... Discuss. He's got a very large ego, that guy. Yeah. My oh, my son. Where you're going there? <laughs> well, they showed it on they showed it on American television when they were mentioning what he did. His ego. They showed it. No, no, they showed the 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 you fact that, that on American that, TV. The the fact that he was spitting into his hand and then rubbing it in people's faces and stuff like that. Or he was, loogies. He was spitting loogies into his oh. hand. Oh. Okay, moving on. Uh, North American news: uh, MLS expansion. Mm. Uh, Sacramento <laughs> Council has done something that's kind of maybe put them ahead of everybody else. They've put a 33... Don Garver an envelope of money. $33 million incentive package to a local group to build infrastructure around their $252 million privately funded stadium already that's up and running. I, I like that already that it's privately funded. Yeah. Well, the other group, the St. Louis one... Well, well that move was praised, like I said, by the uh, released by the MLS office. Up the Republic. St. Louis also is going to be doing a privately funded stadium if they get it. Um, they are them and Sacramento seem to be the top two favorites. Yeah, there is an expert at, uh, at the university, I think, in St. Louis that feels uh, he's an economics guy. He thinks that MLS will actually pick both of them and pick a third team because they are going to be expanding to thirty. They haven't announced that yet, but uh, they feel that they're going to have, to have an even number. Yeah, right. they're not going to be going to twenty nine. So, and the other teams that are still interested are Detroit, as we know, uh, San Antonio, and Raleigh in Carolina. S- San Antonio. I feel sorry for yeah. because they've got a good case, but you can't have four Texan teams when two of the Texan teams aren't drawing anything as it is. That's, and the third hasn't ridiculous. drawn anything at all yet. I know. And we're going to boycott them yeah. and never mention them. Uh, some news in Canada, obviously. Well, this kind of went international. The the news from the all the weeks before about the scandal involving Canada soccer and the Whitecaps and the coach it's kind of gone um, international in, yeah. the, in the Guardian paper. It was a very uh, kind of step-by-step, concise... It was uh, a long article. A long article went step-by-step on all, everything that was in the blogs, everything that's happened uh, with the Andrea Neal post, everything that happened with the 22 players that came out with quotes and updated quotes from uh, Karen McCormick. It didn't, have, uh, it didn't have any of the stuff from The Breaker, right? No. That Diane Voice stuff is no, pretty, it didn't have that pretty yeah. harsh. And, Pretty damning, and also it did uh, it did uh, point a finger towards Bob Lenarduzzi as well for the first time. No one of the other and articles they, they have. named lots of names yeah. in it as well. So yeah, um, and uh, you were Zach, you were talking about you heard something on uh, what, what podcast? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Simon Fudge, uh, former employee of the of the Whitecaps from 2007 to 2012, who worked in. I don't know if it's communications technically or what, but uh, he, he wrote a lot of the match reports. Yeah, he did, that, yeah, he did a lot, a lot of that, of that stuff. Kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I never asked him what he, he was. He was talking this week on uh, another Canadian podcast uh, and shared that just how when he was working there, when this was all happening, he uh, I, I don't know if he was told or people he's worked with were told were to you know kind of immediately remove um, any mention of the coach, any mention of the coach or, or his, his contact stuff on the website or yeah. whatever. And the kind of the way he expressed it, it was kind of like it, uh, it was a bit, uh, maybe abnormal yeah. for kind of someone who was leaving and such from such a high position. To, he just felt, I think the approach or whatever, it, it, I, I think it, what he was trying to convey was there was, more, there was something, there, there was something, yeah, yeah, there was something more to, to this than kind of a normal parting of ways. Kind of thing, but 
maybe I'm reading too much into his comments, but that's sort of how I, I don't know. You perceived I it, it, yeah. yeah. Um, some other news uh, out of uh, Canada: uh, the Canadian national women's team had another win. Uh, they're still undefeated this this season or this in the 2019 year. Uh, they beat they came back, come back from behind to beat Nigeria two one. Janine Becky and Sophie Schmidt scored goals. Holy uh, Schmidt! And Janine Becky also, also I think signed an extension uh, with the Man City Women's Team as well this week. Because congratulations to her. Uh, they're still undefeated. Like I said, it was their first goal conceded uh, in so many matches, but it also is the first time they scored two goals in a match as well. So they did what they needed to do. Last bit of news: uh, 2019 Concacaf Gold Cup. Uh, the Drawn the groups. Uh, Canada will be drawn in a group with Martinique, Cuba, and Mexico. I think it's an excellent draw. I know some people are all mad, like, oh, it's too early. It's like, no, this is great. You get to play Mexico in the Gold Cup. You have the U.S. in your League of Nations. Like, you you need these games. You need yeah. less, to less, test, of, to test the less of the countries who are not fish, official FIFA members and yeah. more of these big challenges. Mexico is in Denver. That's going to be a... No, they're in Mexico. Tough one. <laughs> They're playing Mexico in Denver, yeah. Um, if they do, like, obviously the top two teams, because there are four groups now, the, there won't be any third-place advancers. Uh, the top two teams will advance, uh, obviously, and because uh, Canada, you're, everybody's assuming at this point. I know it's, a, it's just yeah. an assumption, but assuming they finish second, they will most likely face Costa Rica. Assuming they finish first? What are you talking about? We'll just go with past history. Uh, but Six points for the White Caps. <laughs> Uh, but but they finished second. They faced the B group, yeah. uh, number one, which is Costa Rica. Because which is another winnable match right now because Costa Rica are not firing on all cylinders. And also the B group is very weak, like the weakest. Mm. So the Costa Rica is most likely to finish yeah. first. And we get a look at Cuba ahead of the League of Nations. Yeah. I said this should it be better if they play these real nations. Martinique, I believe. They're not a few-recognized team, are they? No, no they're not. But they're, they're well, are they they're, not a top like, hundred ranked? Team? They are. They are uh, like high up there, but I think they're, Curacao is the one that's a top hundred. Not are they officially a FIFA nation now? Though I don't. I think thought they so. were in one of those French colony kind of yeah, things. Yeah, I think they are. They had like Jocelyn Angloma used to play for them in these competitions. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right there. When he was, when he was like forty. <laughs> but I think it's a it's a good draw. You want to get these tests, and it's just a shame that there's not games really close to hand here that we could kind of get down to with ease like Seattle or yeah, there were, I don't think there were any scheduled no, in Seattle or nothing Portland, at all yeah. how close is Denver to Morocco closer than Scotland the, uh, the back to the, the the Kira McCormick thing it would be interesting to see how this continued to oh for sure yeah. and, and it, what uh, if anything well new stuff seems to come out every yeah. week and it, well just this international element to it like yeah. more people hearing the these I, people's I, I story kinda, I, I know I know that it came before the MLS period but is, does the MLS have any responsibility into checking into seeing what's going on here because it, it does involve one of their uh, 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 quote unquote franchises? I'm sure they've I'm sure they've put a feeler a, out there, a message over <laughs> say, hey, what's this all oh, about? Because yeah. they're probably like because it hurts their image, yeah, yeah. Like if, or it could hurt their image because they're calling it happening here. While, while it wasn't, uh, they're saying MLS team Vancouver Whitecaps whenever yeah. they mentioned in the article. So it is MLS is being brought into it. So you you got to think that they're going to – and the same people that were in charge back then are still in charge now. So it's still – you know, you gotta, you got to figure that they're going to be doing something yeah. about this. But one thing I will say, and I'm not defending the Whitecaps, but one thing I will say is people are like, why have the Whitecaps not said anything? They basically can't because no matter what they say, they leave themselves open. If they say, yep, yeah, we did we handled things wrongly at that time – 
they leave themselves open to get sued. If they say we didn't do anything, they leave themselves open to ridicule of, well, people are saying all this other stuff. There's nothing the Whitecaps can say just now that is going to help them. I think they've chosen to have radio silence because of that, which isn't ideal. That's not ideal But I do understand why. But that's, I think, part of the root of this problem, Michael, is because what you're saying is a valid perspective, and I totally understand it. I think what people want is not what will open you to legal or whatever. I think some people want do the right thing. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not saying what that is, but I think that's that's what people are feeling. The CSA as well, though. They a lot of folk aren't talking about yeah, them. They, they, they need to come out because, and say something because he was an under twenty coach. And Kara McCormick mentioned it that it's like in the article that the the CSA is one who's certifying coaches. Yeah, and they're the governing body. Yes. So and and they I think they'll have a role to play in all this yeah. and whatever is going to. However, their silence has been even more yeah. telling. I think. Right, but I think I think the role of the Whitecaps part of it's almost a double because because they were. Like Van- the Vancouver team was like the like the residency for the, yeah, the women's it was. team. That's they still have the elite, the Rex elite now, which Rianne Wilkinson's in, in charge of. Right, but well. at that time, that yeah. was like the national oh, yeah, pool of players. It like, was, it, and so it was their team and their national team that they were ex- explicitly tied to. And more things are going to come out, and it's just yeah. it's a horrible situation you, all around, really. Yeah. But that is it for this week's show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm part of the Move, Movement Curve Collective. And one of the things I learned this week is um, that stuff you said about the the House of That or This. Or the House whatever. of Rain. Yeah, I'll House of Rain. There you, go. you learned a lot about Game of Thrones. There you go. I could point you to some YouTube videos where it's fa- like they're fantastic. They just like give you the whole history of Game oh, of Thrones. Oh, kind of like background. the like the MCU timeline. Yes, yeah. but even like the stuff that happened before the show started. Oh, there you go. Awesome stuff. I can point you to lots of videos of Daenerys, but we'll talk about that off air. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me online looking at videos of Daenerys, and also follow me on Twitter at AFT in Canada and Instagram at AFT in Soccer. Give us a a like on YouTube and iTunes and leave a rating and review if you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week and until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mourn the cats for a six-point weekend. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Ten minutes left, yeah, but...